0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 258 of the Spoiler Alert podcast, brought to you by MoofyOutsiders.com. I'm Danny, and I'm here with Mike, and tonight we'll be discussing the new Disney live-action adaptation of their 1992 classic, Aladdin, this time starring Will Smith. Mike, how are you doing tonight?
1: I'm doing great, Danny. How are you doing?
0: I'm rad to quite
1: rad. Sweet. Thanks for asking. Awesome. Awesome. That's fantastic.
0: We mentioned this on the teaser for this episode last week. And let's just tear that bandaid off. Was this movie necessary? No. I this, mean, this movie is. The 1992 original is possibly what. I mean, it is probably the second most beloved Disney animated film, right? Oh, you I mean, think hand so? Hand animated. Oh, wow. After The Lion King, I would think this was the first animated film to cross $200 million. It sold 25 million copies on VHS it won two Academy Awards yeah I I guess
1: based on those bona fides yes I would say I have to agree with you though I think I would have originally considered it a a tier two of the Disney animated resurgence like I would have put would you yeah really? I would have okay. I would have put um uh, little mermaid ahead of this for instance so I I don't know I, I guess I guess that I would have uh, can, uh, yes, I think that you're right. Based on what you just rattled off, I agree with you. To hell with it! I like that <laughs> attitude. We
0: need more of that
1: on this <laughs> podcast.
0: And I agree. I'm swinging here with a, a broad brush, but this is a this is a beloved movie, and certainly, if for no other reason, Robin Williams, uh, right. this could be one of the most defining
1: roles he ever had.
0: I mean, and he was in a lot of great films. He had a lot of great roles.
1: He was Oscar winning for other films, but yeah, this is, this was kind of a Robin Williams, uh, resurgence in his career at that moment.
0: Right. And when we did Dumbo a few months back, we talked about, Hey, you know, perhaps going back to the well and grabbing some of the, the B level animated films and, and, finding an interesting way to to attack those could be great. But to to come back with your A material and I don't know, I'm sure it certainly seems like an overt money grab.
1: It absolutely is an overt money grab. And I would say, you know, we haven't gotten into anything yet. It's something that I disliked about the movie because I feel like this is just Disney continuing to find ways to get money from their fans. And we are a member of that club, right? Like we right, we, right. we 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 yeah, love Disney. Disney we we're going to pay a crap ton of money to run the the marathon in January. But right. I mean, and they're and they're coming out with these animated live action remakes in rapid-fire succession right now. I mean, yeah. we've got it, it, there's going to be a live action Toy Story next year. I swear to God, it's coming. Like <laughs> the, I I don't understand how they could not because it's going to make a gazillion dollars and they'll they'll just keep doing it so it it is a little in a way it's a little offensive right like as somebody that that loves to <laughs> lo- love lo- loves loves to go to the parks loves to see the films this is becoming a little egregious it's it's kind of over the top
0: it does feel a little over the top now it it did make a gazillion dollars right this is a top 5 memorial
1: day box office of all time this is a 56% on Rotten Tomatoes. This is critically dog crap, yet 94% audience score. So there's there's people loving it. Although I've, I think we've discounted in the past the audience score be, for, for a million other reasons. But w- whatever.
0: Yeah, I just... And we'll talk about the movie. I think... I, and I, we'll get start with the plot recap and go into it. I just think we should... And the episode asking ourselves this, will this version of this movie be anybody's favorite Disney film? I think at the end, let's let's try and address that. Why don't you, why don't you hit us with a uh, plot recap for anyone who hasn't seen, seen the original Aladdin? Yeah, it, do- uh, it
1: doesn't differ much from the original, so we'll keep this very tight. Aladdin is a young male street urchin living in the Middle Eastern kingdom of Agrabah who meets the disguised Princess Jasmine on a random encounter and it sends them running from authorities. Uh, the king's second-in-command, Jafar, convinces Aladdin to enter a cave to retrieve a magic lamp for Jafar, but the lamp ends up in the hands of Aladdin, who wishes for status that would allow him to be with his new princess friend. The genie grants his wish, making him a prince, and uh, with his newfound magic carpet, Aladdin woos Jasmine. For Prince Ali's second wish, the genie is forced to rescue the new prince from certain death. The genie soon becomes the servant of Master Jafar through Jafar's nefarious tactics. But when he becomes all-powerful, he being Jafar, Jafar is himself forced to be trapped in the lamp, and Aladdin's wish to free his genie friend comes to fruition, while Aladdin and Jasmine are now able to enjoy a whole new world. And that's Aladdin, oh. both the original and the remake, right? Like, I mean, there, there's not a lot of difference in the story between the two, just as there wasn't with Beauty and the Beast. I think Cinderella took a few more liberties, but th- this one didn't differ a lot. I do
0: think there's an important difference, which we'll get to. But what did? What was your overall take? How'd you find the film? I
1: actually really enjoyed the film. I, I think I went into it with incredibly low expectations based on the Rotten Tomato score. Based on it, anything that I'd read going into it, based yeah. on the fact that my sister and I at Disney World a few weeks ago were able to see an extended, like, 20 minute preview of the film at Hollywood Studios, that just left us both kind of shrugging our shoulders and looking at each other, saying, All right. You, you know, like, I knew I was going to see it, so it didn't really matter to me much, but I didn't think I was going to love it. And I liked it a lot more than I thought I would.
0: Talk to me a little bit more about that because you did mention after we'd recorded an episode that you saw 20 minutes of this movie and you were severely underwhelmed. So to hear you yeah. enjoy the film, I'm wondering how poorly edited was that 20 minutes, or what changed between seeing the extended 20 minute preview and seeing the full two hour film that suddenly you had a, a 180
1: on it. Here's what I'll say: the the preview consisted largely of the initial. Uh, Opening sequence, the one step ahead, where they're running through the streets, and uh, she's stolen some bread for some some hungry children, and he is trying to rescue her, and there, it just it wasn't a great sequence to me. Then they cut to pretty quickly the sequence where Aladdin enters the cave to retrieve the lamp and eventually frees the genie, and I guess I felt like the twenty minutes that they showed in that extended sequence were the least exciting 20 minutes of the film. I I thought that the acting was significantly better elsewhere. I feel like we haven't quite gotten into this yet, but I really liked Will Smith in the movie, and I feel like we see very little of him in that 20-minute sequence. And so it was just sort of a, yeah, okay. Like, One Step Ahead is not one of my favorite songs in the film, and it's the only one that they featured in the 20 minutes and I don't think that it was a really good cover of a song that wasn't my favorite from the movie. So yeah. so all of it just left me sort of, eh, I, I don't know. It, I'm, I'm going to see it, but I don't think it'll be great. The rest of the music in the movie, I really enjoy. I think Alan Menken is fantastic, and I, I liked the the acting overall in the movie, and I liked the the voices of the actors, and I thought that the rest of it was just significantly better than the 20 minutes I saw. How about you? What did you think of the movie?
0: Yeah, I I liked the movie quite a bit. And uh, although the two scenes you, you mentioned, having seen, it's funny, I thought they were highly underwhelming. They should have been really fun and exciting. And I thought they were really flat and lifeless. And I think especially The Cave of Wonders felt like it was shot really to accentuate 3D. And I saw it in 2D. Okay. So maybe... Maybe those 3D viewers actually got something, something better cool. than we yeah. got, but I doubt it. But, you know, we talk a lot about how you see a film really colors how you feel about it. And I saw this with my wife and both kids, and I kept looking over, and my kids could not have been having a better time at this movie. They they were so engrossed. They were smiling. They were tapping their feet to the songs. They were excited and scared at all the right moments. And the moment it ended, my youngest turned to me and said, we, can we please own that movie? Oh, I wow. have to see okay. it a hundred times. <laughs> so it's like, how can you not have a great time when your kids are having that great a time? And clearly that's the audience. I mean, Disney's banking on the nostalgia factor for people our age to go see this and to take our families. And... I think it delivered on a lot of those, but it's sort of like we've talked about in the past, almost like with um, – just like last year with Bohemian Rhapsody, it, I, I felt like – it kind of felt like a cover band playing a song that you really enjoy yeah. and you love. And it's, it's not quite as good, but it's a good song, so you have a good time. But to see it through my kids' eyes and, – and again, they're that target demographic. They loved it. So I left thinking that was a great time at the movies. You know, know, I definitely got my money's worth. The whole family had a good time. You can always nitpick stuff to death, but we enjoyed it. And I think as opposed to Dumbo, which, you know, again, in that episode we talked about, they took like a 70-minute movie and tried to make it more than two hours and just felt weird and flat. And all the perspective was wrong. Like. Just just kind of a mess. This one was a pretty faithful adaptation, sure. and there's a lot to like about the original. So I, I think they had great starting material, and they stayed pretty honest to it,
1: and it was a lot of fun. I like that you made the cover band reference because my, my thought going into it was, even if I listened to just another half dozen people singing the Aladdin soundtrack with Disney backing the production of this, it's going to be good. And that's exactly what I thought as I walked out. I yeah. I love the original Aladdin movie. I love the original Aladdin soundtrack. I love the original Broadway cast version of the musical <laughs> from New York version of the soundtrack. And I thought... Now I get a third soundtrack. It's just going to be more people singing. Now, right. I don't think Will Smith's voice is that great. Like I don't think he's a fantastic singer. I understand he's a talented musician and a great rapper, and I've liked him as an actor in the past as well. His voice, to me, singing, is the least impressive of the cast in the film, but yeah. I still think it's an, it's another soundtrack I'm going to own because I love this music so much. i Alan Menken can't do a lot wrong, in in my eyes. You know, there
0: was a lot to like. And, you know, again, the biggest weakness this movie had coming into it, for me, was the loss of Robin Williams. And so Will Smith had a really risky role, I think, out of all these Disney adaptations. Those are big shoes to fill. And I think his genie was pretty successful. I I laughed a lot. I thought he was pretty charming. I thought, like you, the, the musical numbers, like you know, never had a friend like me was, was weaker than the animated original, but it was still really fun. And Will Smith kind of did what he could do with it. And I really couldn't think of another performer that could have done more. I I honestly thought, you know, maybe Dwayne Johnson after he did such a good job with Maui, but that kind of would have been a riff on Maui. So it would have
1: been a little tough to do that again. Yeah. 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 So
0: I felt like, you know, they kind of got the perfect – if they're going to do this, they sort of chose perfectly and I think he did a really nice job. Now, I, the rest of the cast I thought was okay, you know, pretty good. I did think the woman who played Jasmine – did a really nice job. I think she's and absolutely
1: lovely. I know nothing about her at all, but she, she looks was a, beautiful. She a lot like Sarah
0: Michelle Geller when you look at her. So oh, really? I know you've got a thing for Sarah Michelle Gellar. I don't, don't to, think I do. Do I? You do, but you might want to check that. But let me just say... <laughs> Can you point to a prior moment when I said that? I don't think do I Do you really that. want me to? Do you? Yeah. Anyway... Let me just say this. I, one of the big changes I thought about the original to this one was Jasmine's character. They definitely expanded her role. And in the original, it seems like she's most interested in getting married. She's pretty independent. But in this one, she's she's much more interested in ruling her country justly and yes. in helping yeah. her people. So she's she's much more a capable, smart um, sort of... Leader who's really got her people in her best interests, and
1: she also doesn't what, have a bare midriff.
0: Right, right. there's yeah. little. Both all the characters are dressed more modestly. Yeah, um, but I thought what they did really well here was she gets a song, and she gets a number of moments that are definitely pro woman, pro girl, pro female empowerment, but none of them felt anti male. It wasn't okay. like men suck. Girls deserve the world. it was hey i 'm just as capable i you know we're I'm a great leader, and it was very i i don 't know how to describe it, but I was very pleased with that and thought both my girls loved her as a character and were very excited, and she 's a great role model and I thought there you go okay. like it, they, did, they I thought they threaded that needle really, really well, and it wasn't like how gross and terrible all men are everywhere. it was this is a woman who's interested and definitely capable. At being a great leader, so we should listen to her and she deserved it and of course by the end of the film that's that's
1: why that and God knows it is refreshing to have a movie where you can have a female role uh, with a lot of a lot of empowerment and excitement without <laughs> all over all men because that's become the new fun thing to do that's the new thing all over guys so yeah. I, I do right. acknowledge that that's nice what I will say that I didn't like is you know, every one of these live-action Disney remakes now has been forced to include a couple of new original tunes. And, of course, they all get nominated for Oscars because it's Alan Menken writing another right, song. Right, And I think of all of those that we've seen in the last few years, the the new songs in this one, I liked the least. And I think it's it's not because of the subject matter of them. It's because I felt like they seemed shoehorned in. At least the yes. last Beauty and yeah. the Beast yep. remake, it seemed to kind of fit. Like, I could have seen that in the original soundtrack of the animated classic from 1994. Right. This one stuck out like a sore thumb. I'm like, clearly this was not a part of the original movie.
0: No, I agree. And it it's not a great song. And it definitely feels tacked on or shoehorned in or we got to include this. And it's just not great. Um, so I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I thought the guy who played Jafar was very good. I thought the, uh, I thought Raja, the tiger was really well done. Maybe Abu the monkey a little less successfully. Yeah. So, but there was a lot to like and, and, you know, the scenes you mentioned, the, the one step ahead and the cave of wonders, I thought should have been so fun, especially being directed by Guy Ritchie. Yeah. You know, you see Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels, you see Snatch. I mean, even just remember, if you can think back to the opening sequence of Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels, where you get introduced to the characters, and they're all a bunch of sort of hoodlums in in London, and they're, you know, uh, getting chased by the cops and getting chased by other criminals. And it's very exciting and really well shot. I didn't get any of that energy. And that sequence and that song, I thought really were lackluster. Yeah, And so I was just sort of like, oh... Who did this? Like I'll, it almost almost like did the B unit director do these sequences? Yeah. It just didn't feel like it had any snap.
1: Same sequence uh, the the one step ahead I uh I found really kind of weird and distracting and sort of annoying is that it kept jumping between like double time like it was going at like 1.5 speed and then going yeah. at like 0. 0.5 speed but of course the music has to keep going at one speed one X. Right? So, right. right so like that I found a little weird and it's a uh, it was a weird tactic that they don't utilize the entire rest of the film so I just thought it was kind of a An odd intro, and again, that was one of the scenes we saw at this extended preview in early May that just had me going, "Uh, I'm not going to like this.
0: But a lot of those scenes, a lot of those particular sequences also featured like the egregious 3D where something would sort of fly at the screen, and you're like, okay, I'm seeing this in 2D, but I'm sure in 3D that just jumped out at you. Sure. And it felt like totally designed to... Force a three D thing coming at the screen and like, like a weird people would gasp in the yeah yeah and he's excited and then the you theater. move on yeah, yeah right. just yeah. not not great. I, I'll tell you one thing that caught me really off guard in this film is there's a moment when Jasmine and and Aladdin meet early in the film and Aladdin brings Jasmine back to his place and she starts playing a song on an instrument and he says oh my mother taught me that song. And she says, oh, mine too. And the way they play that scene, I honestly Uh-oh. thought, are they planting seeds that <laughs> oh, their brother and sister? Because we, we know that Aladdin's parents are gone. And maybe I thought, are they going to say like he never knew them? And it really felt like, oh, my gosh, they're planting like an incestuous brother-sister Yuck vibe here. Yeah,
1: that's no good. And they never went so, back
0: to it. And I thought that was really unnecessary. Right. Like. <laughs> What was up with that? That felt like, oh, my gosh, they're brother and sister. And and there have been enough weird, you know, between like um, Kylo Ren and Rey in the Star Wars films where you're kind of like, are they related? Are they going to fall in love? Like it's just a weird, ugly vibe. I felt like, oh, my gosh, we're bringing this into Disney films now with – with a <laughs> Jasmine and that, and like please Yikes. don't plant those seeds of doubt that that they're like cousins or something. Well, but did you pick up on that? It felt I, really creepy to it me. It did
1: feel creepy, but I thought What's up, What's, up What's, up What's up with that? What's up with that? What's up with that? What's up with that? What's up with that same scene? seemed a little odd in that instrument she was playing. I think she kind of, like, just sort of tosses it aside. Like, this is sort of, like, a prized possession of his. And I think she he, she's kind of, like, dangling on a beam or something. And I'm like, hey, hey, put that back in the case, Jasmine. Like, you can't be but, f-ing around with that. Yeah. He yeah. only has, like, two possessions total. <laughs> this this is and one of just them. she just kind of yeah. throws
0: one in the corner. Like, doesn't like, matter.
1: The, She's, like, resting her head on it. Like, no, no, that's really fragile and and precious to me.
0: Now, one of the other things this movie had to do kind of delicately was, you know, in 1992, certainly there was a lower level of cultural awareness. And the way that Middle Eastern characters were portrayed was not particularly generous, I think, to be generous. And so, you know, you've got this sort of you know, a, a, an opportunity to sort of upgrade some of the cultural awareness of of the film, and then you choose Guy Ritchie, who's not known necessarily to be the most adept and you know soft touch with some of those issues. But there's a character sure. played by Billy Magnuson and he plays like the first prince who's come to get Jasmine, and he plays like such a disgustingly buffoonish, fey, oafish, white loser. Why? What's up with that? Like, why not just have another strong, normal Middle Eastern actor portray a character that, you know, she wasn't into, but they made him so disgusting. And then they made it was like it just was so over the top because he was the only sort of Caucasian character in the whole film. And I just didn't understand why they chose him or how they included him.
1: I agree that that would have come off a lot better had they not. But I thought that he was so oafish and buffoonish that I was laughing so hard every time he did anything. And and some of his lines are even like off camera, like you just hear him in the background, and I would just start laughing that every time Claire had to turn to me and like tell me to shush, like she was worried we were going to get kicked out of the Flicks Brew House. Like, Daddy, gotta dial it back. Oh, that's <laughs> because, funny. Because I thought he was, he he was that ridiculous. You know, you mentioned that you like Jafar. I would say, what's up with how he doesn't even seem all that villainous in the movie? Like, I I just feel like, I feel like he came off a lot softer than the original animated version. I think in the original, this guy was scary and he was old and he was ugly and he was tall. And this guy like, was kind of good looking and young and just didn't come off all that heinous to me. It's
0: definitely a different take on Jafar. I thought he was fine. I definitely got the villainous vibe. I'll agree that the original Jafar I thought was better and and more evil. And, and even the Jafar on Broadway or even on the Disney Cruise Line, the Jafar is better. <laughs> but I still liked this guy. I thought he
1: did a fine job. Even the Jafar on the magic flying carpets at, at Disney World. is a little better. you his voice on occasion.
0: <laughs> What's up with... So in the... Um, The Prince Ali song when Will Smith is leading the the big, like, you know, parade into Agraba. What is with, what's up with the hat they make him wear? It is like (laughs) the biggest, like, you could stretch your arms out as wide as you can from your body, and the hat is wider than that. (laughs) And there was no good reason for a hat that big. Like, it was beyond comically large to the point where it was foolishly large and i just thought <laughs> is that like a normal hat because that is beyond ridiculous <laughs> also what's up with the genie at one point goes to seem uh goes to, to see nasim padrad the uh, uh the princess's handmaiden and he uses magic to knock on the door
1: <laughs> well, um, could you just knock on the door I, like you were he there? was within
0: an arm's length i mean like he, the genie is so lazy he can't just wrap his knuckles on the door he's got to use magic it just felt like a really what, odd character moment
1: what's up with nasim pedrad having one accent that she can do in anything ever yeah it's it's and it's not a good one it's like it's not I, I, don't, one. I don't know what this accent is is it british is it like British colonial India. Like, what, what, I can't quite get what she's going for there. It it's not It feels good.
0: like she's making fun of people with an accent. Kind of. It kind of yeah. feels like she, yeah. like, it's like almost like a mocking, like, like almost as bad as like um, Mike Myers doing a Scottish accent, like, so <laughs> over the top that it's sort of a mocking accent.
1: Right. Kinda right. Like
0: that. What's up with at the very end, after Jafar is defeated and the genie's released? Um, Jasmine and her dad are having a really touching moment, and he's about to, you know, kind of hand her the kingdom. And then we realize that Aladdin has left. He's he's just sort of snuck out during, like, a right. really touching moment to the point where, like, dude, A, how did you get that far away that fast? And B, why would you have left at that
1: moment? Right, It was, this, it was a very strange moment. He just sort see. of quietly duck out the door. <laughs> seems like the time to stick around for. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah
0: yeah i mean i mean maybe you're not gonna get to marry her but the you know the uh the king here is probably pretty glad that you helped him out i mean you yes. probably could have stayed for brunch could have gotten a right. meal out of it right right Maybe he left as a buddy you don't have to be his son-in-law but i mean maybe you're about to be a friend of the sultan instead <laughs> it's just sort of like ducks out and like right like 10 seconds after he kind of had his thing with the genie he just bolted stout yeah, yeah yeah And no one noticed it was very strange Mike, are you ready for five listener submitted questions for Disney's Aladdin remake? Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. Thank you, listeners, in advance. Listener submitted questions. Mike, question number one. Aladdin and Dumbo both struck out with critics this year. Should we temper our expectations for July's The Lion King?
1: Yes. Yes, I think that we should. Okay. I mean, Cinderella didn't do all that well I I mean I think it box office did fine wasn't critically acclaimed I think beauty and the beast did a little bit better I don't think any of them have knocked it out of the park yes I think we should temper our expectations absolutely Beyonce can't always save the world
0: okay fair enough uh question number two regardless of your view of the finished product how on earth did Guy Ritchie get the chance to direct this film
1: yeah, I don't know. Th- this is a really this is a stretch, right? I mean, Tim Burton directing this might have been more appropriate. But he it, this was this was an odd choice.
0: I mean, when you look at Guy Ritchie's filmography, most of them are R-rated and the majority are box office duds. Like, why yeah. would Disney give him this chance? I I cannot understand it. He's got no musicals. He's uh, well swept away with Madonna, but. Nothing like this. Not culturally sensitive. Nothing for children. It just seems like a really weird choice. I think he did fine, but I agree with this listener's
1: question. Maybe he exceeded expectations for it, but that's setting the bar low.
0: Off a low bar, right. Yeah. Question number three. Why waste Will Smith's near-universal appeal... I think that's up for debate. Uh, remaking a beloved classic when Disney could use his star power to spruce up lesser-known diamond-in-the-rough stories from their archives, such as "Song of the South." Oh God!
1: <laughs> it's in the Disney archives. Yeah, I don't think you can get it anymore, though. I, I don't. am sure that's... they've. I'm sure they've rewatched that, right? Yeah, <laughs> <I>, I'm pretty. Yeah. <laughs> no. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't want to make light of it. Though, it's a movie that I think would be w- w- would be worth seeing, maybe? I-, I don't know. I don't know. Like I mean, we've got attractions based on this at Disney Parks, so it's sort of Still? weird that you don't get to see the movie, what? right? Yeah. Attraction? yeah, Splash Mountain. Splash Mountain is Song of the South. Oh. Ew. Yeah. Yeah, Creepy. absolutely. Okay. Yes. All right.
0: Uh, question number four: This person says, "Do you agree it was necessary to dress Aladdin and Jasmine more conservatively in this film versus the original?" No, no, that was horrible. You wanted bare chest and bare midriff. <laughs> yes. <laughs> question number five: This <laughs> July's The Lion King sees James Earl Jones revisiting Mufasa, bringing his iconic voice back to another powerful role. Why wouldn't Disney let Gilbert Gottfried back as Iago? Will he ever get out of celebrity jail? Like is he
1: just done? I don't think so. Yeah, I think he's done. I don't think he was ever important enough that he couldn't be. Like I think Louis CK could maybe get out of celebrity jail at some point. Honest to God, Kevin Spacey maybe could get out of celebrity jail at some point. But Gilbert Gottfried, like he's 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 not like iconic, didn't, right? People
0: couldn't realize, like, why was he in in the first place? They're not going to let him back in? Is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Like... Okay. It, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, well, that yeah, was five that's, questions. that's it. All right. Thank you, listeners. Thanks, thanks, thanks listeners. for the questions.
0: Buddy, what are your final thoughts on the Aladdin remake?
1: My final thoughts are I'm also probably going to end up owning this permanently at the behest of my children because they really... They really loved it as well. And, and I'm glad to hear that yours did too, because uh, they, they were having the time of their lives. and I'm really happy to have a third soundtrack for this, th- this great uh, cluster of music. and yeah, that's it. I, I, I think it's to me, at it, 56 it or the 54, 56 percent uh, Rotten Tomato score, I think is, is a little low. I, I, I enjoyed it a lot more than that. Do you think it will
0: ever be anyone's favorite Disney movie ever?
1: No. I do not think it will be anyone's favorite Disney movie ever.
0: I don't think so either, but like you, I thought it was fun. My kids had a great time. I went in with low expectations and this vastly exceeded them. I think it's worth seeing. I think people will enjoy it if they just sort of give it a chance and treat it as the lighthearted money grab that it clearly is.
1: Yeah, yeah. Good call. I think that's a great summary.
0: What do we got coming coming up up next? Well, coming up next, we're going to take a quick break from the the summer box office and revisit another lighthearted classic in 1986's Best Picture winner, (laughs) Platoon, starring Tom Berenger.
1: Thanks for listening to the Spoiler Alert podcast. Please visit us online at movieoutsiders.com where you can see what films we'll be discussing next, comment on our recent episodes, suggest movies to review or topics to discuss, or submit questions for the five-questions segment of the podcast. Stop by and visit our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash movieoutsiders, and be sure to follow us on Twitter at movieoutsiders. If you're a fan of the show, we'd really appreciate you leaving a review on iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher, or whatever podcast subscription service you use. We'll be back again next week with another episode, but until then, enjoy the movies.